Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. The Holy Gospel according to Mark, chapter 1, beginning at verse 14. Glory to you, O Lord. Now after John was arrested... Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat, mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Grace to you and peace from the one who calls us all to follow, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Were any of you farm kids growing up? Anybody grow up on a farm? Got a couple. Not a whole lot, but a couple. I'm never sure if I should call myself a farm kid or not. My family had a barn. We had a silo. We had outbuildings, but we had horses, and we only had a couple, so it was more of a hobby farm. We didn't have cows to worry about milking a couple times a day. We didn't have fields to harvest. Our livelihood did not depend on the weather, so I'm never quite sure if I count as a farm kid. But having horses did require lots of planning ahead for our family to do pretty much anything. Because if we traveled anywhere, we had to make sure we were to be back in time to feed the horses, right? Or if we went on a longer trip, we had to arrange for somebody to come and feed and clean the stalls. And not everybody knows how to do that. It takes some effort to find someone and prepare for it. And I wonder if that might be part of why, even as an adult, I am not particularly good at spontaneity. And we actually were pretty spontaneous this week. We took Micah and Jonah, and we met my sister and her daughters at a children's museum in Oconomowoc yesterday. And we'd only come up with this idea on Monday, so only five days ahead. That is pretty spontaneous for us to drive an hour away. Usually, when we travel, Kristen and I are the kind of people who like to have everything lined up, well-planned, know exactly where we're going, how long it's going to take to get there, I don't think we've ever in our married lives shown up at a hotel without a reservation made multiple days ahead of time. I want to have a full itinerary. I want to know parking if I can get it ahead of time. Maybe even paper copies in a folder just in case there's no internet. And so I don't think that I would do very well traveling with Simon and his brother Andrew or with James and his brother John because I'm not sure I would be willing to just drop my nets and follow immediately, as Mark says. And it's not that I don't want to follow Jesus. Let's be very clear about that. In fact, I think I'm doing my best to follow Jesus as a disciple. At least I'm trying to live as faithfully as I can. Obviously, there's a long, wide gap between what I'd like to be doing and what I am doing. But if I were in these guys' shoes, I would have some questions before I would drop my nets and leave my livelihood, leave everything behind, and follow. How long is this going to take? 
Where are we going? When you say follow, follow where exactly? Where are we going to stay tonight? Does this calling come with a dental plan? There are a lot of questions. And the reality is there are a lot of things that would keep me from this kind of immediate, spontaneous response to Jesus' call. There are a lot of things, unfortunately, that do keep me from following all the time. I have kids. I have a dog. I have responsibilities. I'm trying to keep track of things for two different annual meetings this week and next week. Lent is coming up in a few weeks. I do not have time on my calendar to just take off and follow Jesus somewhere. And these are not bad things, but they make the thought of just dropping my nets or leaving family behind in the boat to follow Jesus pretty hard. And I don't think I'm alone in that. Maybe that's true for you as well. I have trouble sometimes finding time to pray and do regular devotions, and I work in a church. I am really good at seeing the opportunities where Jesus is calling and seeing opportunities to help Jesus and be Jesus to them, help people, and realizing it about five minutes after the moment has passed. I care too much about my bank account and my calendar to do what the disciples do in this story. Clearly, none of these fishermen had a mortgage. And it's kind of discouraging just to admit that, just to say that out loud to you. But sometimes I think it's helpful to just name what is hard, what is challenging about this call from Jesus. And so I wonder, what is it for you? What keeps you from following Jesus? What are the nets that you are holding on to that Jesus is calling you to let go of, calling you to release? Maybe it does have to do with your bank account or a job. Maybe it's a relationship or a need to be in control, to know what's going on, to have those plans. Maybe it's wanting to know all the answers or a desire for comfort. Maybe it's fear. What is holding you back? And to be clear, I do not think that Jesus, almost certainly, I do not think Jesus is asking you to walk out of church today and quit your job and abandon your family and get on a plane to go be a missionary somewhere, at least not until after the annual meeting. Most of the responsibilities that we have are good and important. Like I said before, if you have horses, you need to feed them every day. That's part of our calling is to carry out those responsibilities in our lives. But Mark makes it clear that there is an urgency to Jesus' call. Jesus' message is urgent. He says the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. God is on the move here, now, in this world. Not only, as we just sang, not only in some heaven light years away, but here and now in this place, God is at work. And so this is not just some hypothetical call to wait until Jesus calls us home or until everything in the world is right. This is not a call to follow eventually once we've got enough education or once the mortgage is paid off or once all the family are in good shape. God is working here and now and calling us to get involved, calling us to participate, calling us to live as disciples, followers, to put Jesus in first place in our lives. The kingdom of God has come near. 
And that can be hard to believe sometimes. Because when you look around the world, there's a lot of brokenness. There is a lot going on around us that is clearly not of God's kingdom. There is war, there is poverty, there is discrimination and disease and selfish consumption and abuse and so much that is broken around us. But there is also good news. There is also evidence of God at work. We'll celebrate some of that in a little bit at our annual meeting, what God's been doing in this congregation among these people in this last year. The Holy Spirit is blowing in this world. God is present with us in the midst of suffering. God is working in and through us. So what do we do? How do we answer this call? Jesus says, repent and believe in the good news. And repent not only in the sense of being sorry for what we've done wrong, that's part of it, but also repent in the literal sense. That word repent, some of you know, it means literally turn around. If you're going one way, repent and turn around and go the other way. Stop doing the things that cause harm. Stop wasting time on things that don't matter. Turn around to follow where Jesus is calling us to go. Put Jesus in the appropriate place in your life, which is at the center, in the front, leading the way. And believe the good news. Hold on to the promise that God is here, God is working. Hold on to the promise that no matter what it is that we're giving up, no matter what it is that we're letting go of, no matter how comfortable those nets might be to hold on to, no matter how comfy that boat might seem, What God has in store for us is so much better. The purpose God has in mind for you is so much more meaningful than anything this world can offer. Follow me, Jesus says, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. What an inspiring example for us, right? The trouble with this story, I think, at least for me, is that Simon and Andrew and James and John seem to have this incredible faith that most of us simply cannot live up to. But of course, if you keep reading the story, if you keep reading the rest of the gospel, it turns out that these fishermen have pretty much no idea what they are getting themselves into. And there's some strong evidence historically that, except for Peter, all of the disciples were teenagers when they started following Jesus, which helps explain, I think, a lot of what they say and do in the Gospels. These are not the elite, accomplished, learned people. These are not the well-trained cream of the crop of Galilee. They're not even that faithful. As the story continues, these people will keep missing the point of Jesus' teachings. They'll ask some, frankly, really dumb questions. And later on, when the things get really tough, when following Jesus leads to a place they really are not sure they want to go, they're eventually going to abandon him. And isn't that comforting for us? Even though right at the beginning of the story, these disciples seem to have this incredible faith, they turn out to be normal, flawed people, people like you and me, people that Jesus calls anyway. And the Holy Spirit inspires them 
to drop their nets and follow. And so the story of the disciples is a story of God using ordinary, real, live human beings despite everything they're carrying, despite everything that should hold them back. And even when they turn away, Jesus keeps on calling them. So what are we supposed to do with this story? I'm pretty sure Mark intends this to be an inspirational story for us. This is supposed to be good news. This is intended to encourage us as disciples. Well, obviously, if there are major things getting in the way of you following Jesus that are clearly wrong, the message is stop doing those things. Sin is bad. Cast down those nets. That should go without saying, but that's part of Jesus' message. Stop doing those things. And for the rest, for the responsibilities and the realities of life that are good and important, I think Jesus invites us to stop and pause and examine our priorities, examine the order in which we're living, keep the first things first, pay attention to your relationship with God and prioritize it rather than letting God be just on Sunday mornings or just for when time allows. And listen for the opportunities that God gives you to love and serve your neighbors. It's a lot easier, I think, to be spontaneous and answer God's call when you've already made the decision to listen for the Holy Spirit and pay attention for when that call is coming. It's a lot easier to notice those opportunities when you're already spending time in prayer, spending time with God, spending time reading God's Word. It's a lot easier to take up and spontaneously help your neighbors in Jesus' name when you're already consciously choosing to see your neighbors as beloved children of God. What does Jesus' call to follow look like for you? It doesn't need to be dramatic, I don't think. It doesn't need to be leaving everything behind. You don't need to go to the other side of the world to fish for people. Most often, you already know the people God is calling you to reach out to. It's probably why you are the best person for God to use to reach that person. And so maybe answering Jesus' call looks like buying coffee for a friend who just needs someone to listen Maybe it looks like speaking up when neighbors are gossiping about someone. Maybe it looks like making a little bit more time to pray, stretching yourself to give a little bit more this month than you usually would for God to use. Maybe it looks like giving blood or volunteering in the community, just making the effort to brighten a stranger's day. Maybe it looks like inviting a friend to come and worship and hear the good news. As we get ready for our annual meeting, what does discipleship, what does dropping our nets and following, what does that involve for us together as a congregation, as Christ the King Lutheran Church? What is Jesus calling us to let go of as a church? That can be hard to do. Where is Jesus calling us to take a bold step of faith, to let go of our plans and our budgets and our own picture of the future and instead follow where the Holy Spirit is nudging us. Again, having a budget, being well prepared for the future is important. 
That's what allows us, I think, to be spontaneous and be effective while being spontaneous. But when the Spirit moves, we are called to follow. We are called to listen. And sometimes Jesus calls us to a new adventure. Pray that we will hear that call and follow. Jesus' call is not always easy to nail down. When you drop your nets, you don't really know what you're getting into or where all this is going. I don't know exactly what Jesus is calling you to do. I don't know where exactly Jesus is leading you, but I do know that this call from Jesus is for you, for everyone. And I invite you to join me in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for calling each of us to follow you. We know that you do call us, each of us, as your disciples, even if it's hard to see that calling, to hear that calling right now. Lord, help us to see where you are leading us and help us to drop our nets, whatever those are, that we may come and follow you. Lord, inspire us with spontaneity to do your will, to repent and believe in the good news. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaki County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.